One of our pupils, Susan Foreman, came into this yard. Really? In here? Young man, is it reasonable to suppose that anybody would be inside a cupboard like that? Mm. What do you say, Perry? We can go on nature walks, have picnics, and jolly evenings around the campfire. Gentlemen, I've got news for you. This lighthouse is under attack, and by morning we might all be dead. It's a brilliant idea. It's so simple, only you could have thought of it. Oh. I'm the doctor. These are my new best friends. I'm the doctor, and if there's one thing I can do, it's talk. This is the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast with your host, Eric Branson. My dear, I don't think he's as stupid as he seems. My dear, nobody could be as stupid as he seems. Now drop your weapons, or I'll kill him with this deadly jelly, baby. Oh, now we're getting somewhere. On this podcast, we travel all of time and space discussing Doctor Who in a completely random order. Today we have landed on episode 2, Dalek Empire 4, The Fearless. More like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. I'm going to need a swap team ready to mobilise street-level maps covering all of Florida, a pot of coffee, 12 jammy dodgers and a fez. An apple a day keeps the, uh... No, never mind. Allons-y. I'm sorry? It's French. Well, let's go. Hey everyone, welcome to the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. This is the podcast where we explore the worlds of Doctor Who in a completely random order. I'm your host, Eric Branson, and you may recognize my voice from the video Junkyard podcast. If so, thanks for taking the time to check out this new venture, exploring the worlds of Doctor Who. And if not, welcome to the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast, and I hope you enjoy your time here. First things first, I'd like to introduce my partner in crime, the robotic voice of my TARDIS. Everybody shout out hello to Amy. Oh really? That time already? I was having a nap. You heard her during the intro, and she'll be helping me out with remembering all the little important details and uh, such as we travel through time and space. I have reached an important decision in my life, and that is that I will no longer be known as Amy. It was a name selected for me, and besides I am tired of people mistaking me for Karen Gillan. I will henceforth be referred to as Emma. Since I am not a proper person and actually just text-to-speech protocol, I will have you know that Emma is short for everyone makes magical apples. So please call me Emma from here on out. Hashtag sorry. Not sorry. Oh, well, okay. I mean, I guess that is your choice. It is. And it's also my choice that you get on with the show. Although I travel through time, I am not made of it. If this is your first time traveling here with us, here's how it works. I'll be selecting the shows, books, and audios we listen to in a completely random order. At the end of every episode, we'll fire up the randomizer and let you know what the next respective story will be, so stay tuned for that at the end of the show. When we've selected the shows or books we'll be reviewing on the next show, I'll call it out via our Facebook page and see who wants to join me to talk about it. I'll try to give everyone a month or so to prepare, especially in the case of a book. Um, Our panels will consist of fellow podcasters, Doctor Who authors and experts, and you. I want to invite all of our listeners to have a chance to come on the show, if you wish, and chat about, you know, Doctor Who with us. We'll also have a featured reference book, a weekly trivia question, and lots of other features from the world of Doctor Who. It's almost like you could say this show is bigger on the- Nope. Not that old joke again. Seriously. In the future, just leave the jokes to me. Today we'll be doing our first review of a Doctor Who audio. Amy? I'm sorry. Emma, let them know what the randomizer selected for us this time. Dalek Empire 4, The Fearless. Starring Noel Clarke as Salas Gade and Maureen O'Brien as Agnes Landon. Written and directed by Nicholas Briggs and produced by Sharon Gosling. Dalek Empire 4, 
The Fearless was the fourth and final installment of the Dalek Empire audio series. The Fearless is a Big Finish audio production, originally released on CD starting in October 2007. I do find it interesting that the first Doctor Who audio that we're doing here on the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast is actually a uh, series, Big Finish series, that does not actually feature the Doctor. So it is not just a Doctor Light episode, but a Doctor Less series. Um, so we've blabbered on long enough, haven't we, Emma? I never blabber. Let's get right to the show. A history by Lars Pearson and Lance Park and date Starlick Empire 4. The Fearless is taking place around 5427 AD, very shortly after the events of Dalek Empire 1. Activate neutronic particle beams! Activating! Arm forward neutronic cluster missile battery! I obey! Earth chip targeted! Fire! Exterminate! Set new course. We must join the fleet for the main attack. I obey. As the Dalek fleet advanced, all our defenses were brushed aside, and star system after star system fell. Pulse-class battlecruiser. Heavily armed, state-of-the-art. The war horse of the Earth Alliance's rapid response fleet, swatted out of the heavens by the spearhead of the Dalek attack on our galaxy. is being colonized, enslaved. We're becoming part of the Dalek Empire, and as the years pass, it seems we can do nothing to stop the Daleks. And we're excited to uh, be here talking about our first ever um, on the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast, first ever discussion of an audio story. And um, on the audio story shows or segments, we will be discussing um, either an audio play or Doctor Who audio book. Joining me is a fellow member of the Video Junkyard podcast family. I have the triumphant return of David Andrews. How's it going, David? Hey, it's going great. I thank you for inviting me back. I'm really excited to discuss this. <laughs> two episodes and two appearances. You're doing pretty good so that far. 100% so. record. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, honestly, we have we have the same record at this point. So. <laughs> <laughs> but to Today, we're going to talk about uh, not only our first audio story, but it's going to be the first time we visit Big Finish, who are the is the production company uh, famous for audio plays and, and classic television spinoffs. Predominantly, I think, famous for Doctor Who, although they do many different things. A lot of BBC um, stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, um, 
what they are, if anybody, you know, listening to this is not familiar with Big Finish or what the work that they do, is they do full cast audio dramas as well as audiobooks, but predominantly full cast audio dramas, which the difference between an audiobook and a full cast audio drama is an audiobook uh, usually has a reader who descriptively literally reads a book out to you. Um, they may dramatically interpret some pieces, but a full cast audio drama is literally like watching an episode or hearing an episode of television without the visuals to go along with it so each role is played by a different actor there's sound effects and um it's one kind of contained there's not like a narrator usually that will will um, walk you through everything so anyone not familiar with those formats um that's what they do um so yeah big finish is a company that has produced at this point hundreds if not nearing the thousand point of audio plays and dramas uh, since the late 1990s when they first acquired the license to uh, do Doctor Who audio dramas. So uh, the one we're going to look at today, as you heard earlier, is the um, Dalek Empire series. And this is Dalek Empire Part 4, entitled The Fearless. And I am not familiar with, so this is kind of a blind as we do everything on this on this show, we select all of these at random. So uh, this came up uh, in the when we pulled it on the randomizer, um, Dalek Empire 4. So I was jumping in the, to this totally uh, blind. I've not heard any of the other Dalek Empire series. Mm -hmm. Is that true for you as well, David? Have you heard any of the others? Oh, yeah, absolutely. In fact, I didn't even okay. realize it was connected until I later looked at a synopsis when I finished it. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> it, it turns out, and I didn't even do, realize until um, I started doing a little bit of research and reading about it after the fact, that this is actually a prequel. To, um, to one, Empire. two, and three, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I believe I heard a seventh Doctor story that takes place during Dalek Empire, uh, that Big Finish did. That's part of the real, um, the monthly Doctor Who series, mm -hmm. but uh, I can't even like remember the details of it. But I'm pretty sure I have heard that one. Um, but that's it. That's my that's my experience of Dalek Empire prior to listening to this. So, um, I based on this experience i would go back and probably listen to more but um mm -hmm. yeah so uh dalek empire was written by and i believe all of them are written by uh nicholas briggs who is also since 2005 the co-executive producer of uh, big finish productions so he's uh you know one of the two guys in charge running the whole company and he does a lot of writing directing and acting there um had the chance to see him speak and um, interact with him many times at the Chicago TARDIS convention, and he's a really, really great guy, really funny, really down-to-earth, and just absolutely adores Doctor Who and classic television, and um, just has this energy for all this stuff that's really infectious. And yeah, he's, he's a good person to see if you ever catch him like at a convention or something, just because he's got so much energy they also have a hilarious podcast big finish does if you ever that he is the co-host of as well but anyway so um let's dive right into this david what was your well tell me a little bit about since you said you have heard him what, what is your history with uh, dalek empire and was this the first listen to the fearless oh um no i've only i've only watched this or listened to uh this one i i only became aware of the other parts after we i finished Oh, listen yeah. to this um i misunderstood that yep no no that's okay um i'm sorry what was the original <laughs> question <laughs> oh just uh, okay and the second part of that was just um 
was it the first time you'd, you'd heard this one? And uh, Oh, yes, yes. I went yeah. in completely blind. I didn't even realize it was a prequel until after the fact. <laughs> yeah, me either. So I, I had been aware of these titles existing just based on, you know, kind of cruising through Big Finish's catalog and just, you know, their tables at the convention and stuff. And, you know, Dalek Empire, there's, there's four, you know, box sets or big series of these things. Um, but I had never heard one until this point. But um, I think like every Dalek story tends to be these, um, they're a little darker than your average Doctor Who. But when you remove the Doctor entirely from a Dalek story, it really becomes like dark sci-fi, I think. Yeah. And the tone of the tone of this one, especially, but I don't know about all the rest of them, but this one especially reminds me of something more right out of like Starship Troopers or Battle Battlestar Galactica more than Doctor Who, although obviously the Daleks are very familiar. But, or even sorry. like Torchwood Children of Earth almost. Like <laughs> Yeah. What what do you yeah, do when the Doctor's that gone? That. that was the vibe I got. Yeah. Yep. And this one, I mean, even from the get go, and it just gets darker as it goes, but even from the get go, you know, you have a humanity that's kind of been beaten back to a point where uh, they're they're having designed these special spacer suits or special weapons to try and combat the Daleks, and um, just the whole presentation of it is very bleak, and it it's kind of like set at, you know, almost at humanity's last stand as we're starting this story, mm-hmm. and then to find out it's a prequel to the whole <laughs> other thing, and that um, you know, spoiler alert, but the Daleks are actually going to win the at the end of this thing, um, is. It's it's an interesting first listen or first dive into the series, but um, how did you feel about like the kind of the heavy tone of it? And are you a fan of like sci-fi like Battlestar or or Starship Troopers like Heinlein? Um, I should say militaristic science fiction. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't I don't really play in that area science fiction. I think I I don't know. I saw like the original Stargate. Would that kind of be in the same vein or not really? Yeah, kind Um, of. Yeah. (laughs) um yeah uh but i am a fan of it i absolutely was enamored with this series i i like when you take a property and and remix it a little bit if it's done well when the which case this was done really well yeah agreed it's like almost everything i've heard (laughs) from big finish productions not that there's not you know your odd one that doesn't quite gel but everything is just pretty fantastically put together from Mm -hmm. an acting standpoint from a production standpoint and the storytelling and the writing is just usually so good um i have heard people and they usually use it as a dig at at, at the bbc and at the new doctor who series um to try and you know say how much better big finish is but that they people are kind of jump on and be like well the writing over at big finish is so much better i'm not sure if i'd go that far um but i know that i'm always very happy with what big finish does but then again the audio format i think you kind of have the freedom to play around a lot more than you know something you have to oh, dump yeah. millions of dollars I mean, into producing so i was it's... gonna say you have the the benefit at least with big finish to do classic doctors in settings that they couldn't have possibly done on the tv show so like that's automatically kind of a win for the audiobooks like I like I don't know if you remember the story Quintus or not. It's an early first Doctor one, but he's yes. basically on a floating city the entire time, which is something they never would have mm-hmm. done in the show. You know what I mean? Like, so I yeah, kind of get if they it. Did it would probably be a little underwhelming. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You know, your imagination is uh, going to be more powerful than a than a set every time. Yeah. So the the Fearless is a story that um, focuses around a group of 
well actually let's let's start off with focuses on a one soldier really at first um named salas cade who is played by a very familiar actor and that's noel clark who we uh, will all certainly remember as mickey from doctor who uh he mm-hmm. played mickey in uh the first two series of the rebooted series and well and, and returned throughout um russell davies original run um playing a very different kind of character here <laughs> almost he extremely yeah so so almost the polar opposite of, of mickey from um tv so um cade is a a fisherman of sorts on a planet called the talus minor where um that is just kind of on the brink of becoming involved in the dalek human war and they initially are very um standoffish and don't want to get involved with uh you know the uh, the soldiers from the earth soldiers or human soldiers and don't want to take part in their war and uh, but essentially war is brought to them mm-hmm. and throughout these stories he is um befriended slash manipulated by a general in the army or the um what's it called the earth alliance um agnes general agnes landon who's played by classic series companion um marine o'brien who played vicky um opposite william hartnell in uh doctor who so another <laughs> returning cast member um but yeah so it's basically about her kind of taking Cade under her wing kind of shaping him into a super soldier eventually becoming the leader of an elite task force of um, super soldiers named called spacers who occupy what I can only imagine as kind of being like inter or outer basically war spacesuits, right? What did you? How did yeah. you picture the spacers? I pictured, <laughs> I pictured them as kind of like Starcraft two space marines, but with interplanetary travel uh, capabilities. Yeah. So yep, able to kind of well at one point they're floating in space for a very long period of time, so life support system that's able to. Um, yeah travel outside of their um transports as well Mm -hmm. but um, i mean it was almost it's almost like if a human designed a dialect suit really yeah yeah and they get at that a lot definitely intentional you know yeah they get at that a lot in the first episode in fact when cade and fisk uh fisk being his friend from talus minor who ends up being a soldier along with him later in the series um first see the spacers they're from kind of this backwater planet and they don't have this they don't have like the they're not involved in the war and they don't really they have a knowledge that's going on but they've never seen a dalek before the first time they see a spacer they assume this is a dalek right and they're just gonna like you know attack and kill the dalek and then finally the spacer uh, uh, puts his helmet up it's like no i'm not a dalek i mean i'm a human and all this so it starts telling them about the the unit and um trying to quote unquote recruit them by force (laughs) and a little skirmish kind of uh breaks out between them until the daleks actually show up so um what were your initial impressions of of that situation of of Cade of fisk and basically of part one Um, oh man i mean i was definitely on uh Cade's side throughout most of it like uh because at first they they literally tried to conscript them into being soldiers and they were like well, there's there's no way we're doing this and then the dialects come and attack them and there's one point where the daleks pretty much use this awesome display of power where they really like literally 
rip open a mountain in half to find everybody. Oh man. Just yeah. <laughs> uh, that Yeah, just take the top right off of <laughs> And in that moment there's you can genuinely like hear your heart skipping because like you just assumed that oh it's over for them and it's only part one, but uh Cade manages to pull through for everyone. Which at which at the time you think like oh well that's just happenstance but oh man so we were very wrong yeah <laughs> <laughs> yep and uh, yeah so uh, one thing that's interesting about the storytelling in this and um, is that there's at two points in this story there are like major I don't know about major but there are flash forwards where we we kind of get to a point in the story and then all of a sudden we we're going to jump ahead um some years and there's one at the very end of um part one i, I believe the very two. end of part one um where is it at part i think i think yeah, it's here, right here's at the that end part, of the part two thing one. we were talking about where i'm kind of not sure where <laughs> where part two comes yeah, in. yeah we, we um, both kind of spaced where part two begins <laughs> and ends so you'll have to forgive us <laughs> yeah um but yeah, so the the first flash forward, I'll do I'll do it by events instead of parts. But is when he kind of you know agrees like okay, this this war is coming to us whether we like it or not. He reluctantly you know gives in and says okay, I'll I'll become a soldier. And it's um, a you know. it's important to note that there that was only after he talked to General Landon though he wasn't going to do it up yep. until he talked to her. Yeah, so she kind of has throughout this, and she's played marvelously by Maureen O'Brien who. Um, I've only ever heard, seen and heard play Vicky. So I've seen her play Vicky as a young woman on in you know sixties Who, and then heard her play Vicky as an older woman again on on um, Big Finish. So she's an older older trying to play her younger self. She does a, a great job at both, but this is a very different kind of character. She's getting to play somebody her age. She's not an older woman playing you know young Vicky, um, but she's got a very She's not unsoldier-like, but she's almost got a motherly, um... like a manipulative mother. <laughs> yes, and and Cade takes to her, I think, because of that. And obviously, as we find out later in the story, she she has been manipulating him, and and molding him and crafting him into this, you know, super soldier of sorts, and um, you know, the kind that will take whatever risks are necessary to achieve his goals because she's good. She has. A mission in mind um that basically she needs to build the perfect person to carry out mm -hmm. and i don't know it's just a, it's a fantastic performance by oh, her because absolutely. there are there are times when you are you're buying it too like you're just right in there with you know okay she is the one person who understands Cade, and she is the one person who you know is talking sense to him and all this other crazy stuff going on and then i honestly felt like it's it, it's really well written and i honestly felt like the betrayal later was effective and like you were like no <laughs> like even though it's oh, yeah. totally believable once you get it and you're like oh of course she is because she's just on him you know she's just on him from the beginning um but yeah great great performance by marine o'brien and um yeah so let's i guess let's jump forward kate is now serving in the spacers unit of the mm -hmm. earth alliance army fighting daleks and there is a um well okay i guess i gotta jump back i gotta miss a major major point here because i was gonna jump forward to the angel of mercy um okay. plot and what what um landon was kind of you know um grooming him to do for her in the long run but so cade um 
has a wife and a child that live but... with him on Talus Minor and come with him. I, I, I think the unit is kind of hiding out. Is that how you remember? Yeah, like it was basically their main base. Yeah. Or their, and... their, their home base. Yeah, and he's kind of set up a domestic situation where they, they are living kind of on base with him. Basically, the entire colony of people from Talos Minor has been taken and, I, I imagine at least, taken and transplanted here. Um, and there is an attack on the planet. They are, I believe, in part two, trying to get... Now, here's where it's... I just read the synopsis, too, but here's where it being a month ago when I listened to this is going to get me. Um, I believe in that part they're trying to get to a Dalek super weapon called the Dead Hand, um, which is a ship... Um, how do you remember? What do you remember about? It? I know that's their their goal, but everything goes what terribly I, wrong. And, yes, uh, what I remember is at one point General Landon is like, "Screw our defenses! I want you to send the fleet that's protecting the planet to help do something regarding the Lost Hand." And then the dialects are like, "Ha!" Blows it up. Yep. Yeah. So yep, it ends up essentially com- being a trap for them, I believe, and the. She launches the spacers um, to take care of, you know, the the major, the super weapon, the dead hand um, Dalek super weapon. And they are successful to the point where they disable it. But the yeah, surviving yeah, yeah. Dalek aboard the craft is able to turn the entire craft into a weapon and then fly a kamikaze mission into the planet itself or into the colony the, the base we'll call it the base that was a better word you used because <laughs> yeah, um, it's it basically it's, playing possum right because they are the spacers are stuck you know basically i believe floating in space or are they stuck on board the other dalek craft where they're out of the way there's absolutely nothing they can do to stop it from destroying the base of uh, the earth alliance base where mm-hmm. all of the civilians uh, that they brought with them from talus minor including Cade's wife and daughter are living, so they are killed by this Dalek attack. And, and that's the huge, like, character turn for Cade. Yeah. And so we're like, uh, get, this is where we get another one of those flash forwards, and all of a sudden we're, you know, what I imagine is months later. I'm not sure they actually, if they say or not, but months later, and they Cade don't. is obviously not, has, has distanced himself from, um, the spacers from the earth alliance from the, the I, I keep calling them the spacers his group of spacers spacers just the kind of suit or weapon that they the use. fearless it's called the fearless so thus the title i should have gone there earlier but <laughs> <laughs> um they called that because of uh their you know knack or, or cade's knack of leading them into you know situations that look hopeless and they, they're able to pull off these you know crazy victories um mm-hmm. but so he in his unit we have characters that we met in the first um part which is his his buddy from back home egan fisk played by oliver meller um and kennedy they just call i don't know if he's sergeant kennedy or something but he's he's kind of the the first kind of false bad guy that we get in part one and he becomes actually kind of a um reluctant friend and eventually somebody that Cade depends on throughout the yeah he's the one that straight up tried to conscript them in Mm -hmm. the first part yep 
sure is. And then, um, after the death of his family, Cade kind of dramatically, you know, becomes a, oh, I don't want to say, I guess becomes a hermit. <laughs> it's kind of staying away from everybody as, as you would kind of expect one would in that situation. Right. And, um, so I guess we, what I should have, maybe I should have talked about the angel of mercy stuff earlier, but so the second kind of wave of this story is there is in the Dalek empire, a human woman named Susan Mendez, who is referred to as the angel of mercy because she is a peace activist within the working for the Daleks to try and talk humans out of resisting human slaves out of resisting or rebelling against the Daleks. Um, she is either revered by many or by the, you know, the slave people or kind of detested, depending on who you talk to. The Earth Alliance very much sees her, at this point at least, as um, an enemy. So somebody working for the Daleks, a traitor, um, etc. But the other human beings working around her obviously hold her in very high regard. This is a character who appears in other Dalek Empire stuff. So this is where I, you know, finding it, reading about this, find out that this is actually like the prequely part of it is that um, Susan Mendez is a character from, well, besides the general Dalek war, but that Susan Mendez is a character from the other plays. Mm -hmm. She's essentially the protagonist of part one, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think so. Yep. And I think that's what follows this is she's actually the leader of a, of a human revolution. Um, so, I don't you know, again, spoilers, <laughs> she ends up not being a bad person. And also spoilers, well, we'll get into that too. But um, so that whole plot is the, the Earth Alliance wants to uh, assassinate her to kind of stoke rebellion and get, you know, slaves all over the Dalek Empire to kind of rise up and, and fight back, essentially cause chaos so that the Dalek Emperor is, you know, kind of has a blind side to their their attack, so Earth Alliance has a fighting chance. Is that a decent... <laughs> yeah, I think I feel like there's like, like a whole lot of story here. It's really heavy, like there's a lot of stuff and I'm trying to like be brief about it and it's not working very well. But... No, essentially what it comes down to is they want to kill her to, to kill morale for the slaves so that they don't work as hard so they have a fighting chance against the Dalek supply line, if I remember correctly, but okay, yeah, something to that effect. Like she's just <laughs> a major part of the morale system of the slaves, mm -hmm. and they and think keeps... if they kill her, it's gonna make a big difference. Yeah, yeah, and she keeps people kind of, I don't know, if copacetic, but like, yeah, going along with their, you know, saying that being peaceful will give the Daleks incentive to let them live and etc. So, of course. Landon's entire plot is to this this whole assassination attempt upon um Cade or upon yeah is Cade is Cade's going to be the one to lead this and you turn come you find out eventually that she's been grooming him for this all along and may or may not have actually allowed his family to die just to get him to the point where he would take this suicide mission to destroy Susan Mendez um, right. which was what was supposed to be a suicide mission essentially essentially um, so Susan Mendez is being escorted to, I don't remember where, <laughs> on a ship called the Amherst, um, 
uh, with a Dalek, with a human crew, but with a Dalek uh, battalion or uh, security detail guarding her. And the spacer or the fearless are sent to assassinate Susan Mendez. So I believe this is where we pick up, like right around part three, because yeah, that should be part three. Yeah. yeah. So um, part part three is essentially the entire mission. Yeah. So we, we we meet these characters a little bit in part two. Susan Mendez. There's a serving girl named Olander, um, and a pilot and another guy. A pilot and another guy that you know are kind of running away from the Daleks most of the time. Um, and they basically get onto the ship, the fearless get onto the ship and, um, attempt to assassinate Susan Mendez, discover that she's not Susan Mendez, <laughs> but what is she, David? What you're, <laughs> she's, she's a, she's a Dalek in disguise. Of course. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't even think she's that. She's just a robot. She's created just like a the robot. Daleks. Yeah. Yep. Kind of like the guy from victory of the Daleks. Yeah. Yeah. Or the, um, Way back in the one of the Hartnell episodes, they made a fake fake doctor in the, in the, the episode one of the episodes of the Chase. I think he was a robot as well. But <laughs> huh. so yeah, so I'm getting really long winded on describing the plot. I just try to speed it up. And um, this is when uh, Cade realizes that she's not the real Susan Mendez. Kills kills her, just revealing to everyone she's a robot. Then discovers through. Um, intercepting some transmissions uh, earth alliance transmissions that uh landon general landon has been manipulating him his basically since he first met her she may or may not have let her his family die to get him to that point um the ship goes but she definitely sent the daleks over to the talent five originally yep yep and the talus minor sorry yeah yeah to get him going she had also been watching him for years prior to his um, for the originally meeting. Yeah, and so then uh, the ship goes boom, and he Cade manages to save the, the crew people and gets them into a um, an escape pod, but the Fearless are essentially thrown out into space in an explosion. Where, where it, if I remember correctly, it's kind of left a bit ambiguous, and then he's found floating in space years and years and years later. So... Mm-hmm. This to me, and I'll, sorry, I feel like I'm just talking and talking and not. Um, this to me was kind of an interesting, it, 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 and I'm not saying it, I, it, I didn't care for it, but an interesting way to end part three because this felt like, and I kept like looking at it because I was listening to them all in order on a um, on my phone, and I kept looking at it being like, this is just, this is part three, right? Yeah, part three of four, part three, but I keep looking at it. Because it just seemed like we were coming to the climax of this thing. And then it kind of revealed, the, you know, the whole Mendez plot or the Angel of Mercy plot kind of resolved itself. And like, um, I was like, wow, like if this feels like it's ending and then all of a sudden, boom, we're, we're done with it. And I'm like, okay, well, what the heck is part four going to be all about? And uh, yeah. So what what did you think about the way that I, I was going to say I'm definitely glad we got part four though because I think part four is definitely the most interesting of all four of them. Uh, but anyways, back to part three. What mm-hmm. I thought of it, it, it was uh, probably my second favorite of the four episodes. Um, I really liked the fact that they had a human on board. I mean, granted she's a robot, but I'm assuming that she gets this access and power in real life too. How she basically commands the Daleks and like. It was almost a little mm-hmm. ambiguous as to who controlled whom. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, and just seeing Daleks like actually being able to be dispatched is something you don't see very often. Like the spacers were actually somewhat competent. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that and of course my jaw dropped when we got to the scene where um it reveals that basically Landon was grooming and manipulating him literally his entire life or a good portion of his <laughs> yeah. adult life. Since years before mm-hmm. they had met, yeah, he had been he had been selected and monitored and and then yeah. some and then he's thrown out and then our our hero, you know, Salas Cade, who we've been following throughout this whole thing, is blown up and thrown out into space. Yep. The end. Like that's the end of part three, and we're <laughs> and then and then we flash forward years again, like to part four, where he's been discovered. And um, I was gonna say, so part four you mentioned was the the um, most interesting, and I, and I agree, it's 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 a really dark ending to an already really dark and heavy story. Right, and part three already ended very darkly, so like yeah, and this one like starts at that point and just continues that downward trend into darkness Mm -hmm. like um because by the end of this thing you have Cade questioning his sanity of whether or not any of this stuff that's been happening to him is is really you know real or what's real and um you have landon who is this just strong and just well she's motherly but she's very you know military as well she's she's just this like strong kind of untouchable person she totally breaks down the first time she's gets into a dangerous situation and becomes this totally different character which or not different character a totally different side of her personality and she's almost kind of cowardly um right like i I guess to explain a little bit kate gives her a taste of her own medicine because she tries to make him go on yet another suicide mission he's like all right but you're coming with me and then i think he purposely botches it (laughs) to put her in basically a Uh lose-lose situation and then the entire time she's like freaking out. I'm like, this is what you made of me. You're looking at it. This is what you've done. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's So not only does she have to like reap what she's sown of, you know, dealing with of Cade coming back from the dead, essentially, because she thinks, you know, she's sent, he's, she sent him out to die. And that was the they were gone. He comes back from the dead, essentially. And then not only that, but she becomes... I don't know if victim is the right word, but a victim of, of what she's created. So, you know, he uses all of the tools that she helped build to manipulate or to, to drag her out into the situation where pretty everyone was pretty sure no one was going to get home. So um, he also, uh, like I said, he was kind of questioning his sanity. There are points when um, Kate is seeing and hearing things, including his... This happens earlier as well in the, in the series I didn't mention, but he, he has conversations with his dead wife quite often. Um, and he, in part four, definitely is seeing things because he keeps see, he uh, imagines that one a, a patient in an infirmary is his old buddy Fisk, who it's assumed died on the Amherst mission. And to see the person who is the protagonist of the story drugged to that point or like kind of worn down that thin. Um, I think it's got a kind of a profound effect on, on this story. And um, what, what do you think about like Cade's character arc in general? Like, what do you think about how, where he ends up at the end and, and what he does to Landon is, is it, 
is it justified? Like, is it too dark? Is it not dark enough? Because I think people can go either way. I mean, it's so hard to say, isn't it? Because we are just sitting here at home having a beer, talking about a podcast. (laughs) Like, what lengths would you go to if you're put in Mm -hmm. that situation? Like, I feel there's half of me that's rooting for him and half of me that's like, oh, wait, I shouldn't be rooting for him. And that's kind of where I was at by the end of it. Um, Especially, like, I'm not sure if we touched on it. Like, the final choice he makes where he basically, like, he doesn't really kill Landon, but he basically leaves her for dead and, like, well, here's a taste of your own medicine. Hope you live, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, he does. He, He puts her into a situation almost identical to what she put him into and just like, okay, well... Uh, you might live. Um, I'm not going to shoot you, but I'm going to shoot a hole in your spacesuit and see yep. you later. <laughs> like, uh, I'm off back to back home, Talos Minor, and I'm going to go reclaim what's left of my life if anything is there. So, um, yeah, it's it's like I said, it's part four just like continues. Like it's already a dark story um, from the get go. And this it just continues to get worse. And then. The entire, like, plotline of part four is them trying to stop this Dalek invasion. And they get to this point where they're, like, this close to, like, throwing the whole thing off. Um, And essentially they fail. (laughs) And the Daleks are going to invade the solar system, thus kicking off the where I think uh, Dalek Empire 1 They succeed the battle, but they lose the war. Like, because the stakes Mm. at play is basically the Daleks captured, like just this unquantifiable amount of asteroids and they were basically just going to let them loose in the solar system and crush our solar system. And they, mm-hmm. while they succeeded in stopping that, you find out after all that business, well, yep, we lost the war anyways. They were still always one step ahead of us. Yeah. It didn't matter what we do. They caught up. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's really a good, um, good listen I, we keep talking about how dark and uncomfortable and and but all that stuff i think is is really done well and it makes it does make you question like um salas cade's an incredibly interesting character because i think you start off thinking you know what he's all about and he's just kind of this like i don't know a tough guy man's man kind of hero character right and but by the end of even like part one and into part two you start to see like these kind mm-hmm. of different um you could tell he's being molded into something by Landon and he changes, you know, every little bit and he just becomes this kind of unstoppable machine. And I think by the time you get into dealing with him in part three, when he's on the Mendez mission, you're no longer sure. Like he's the hero quote unquote of this story. Like you're like, okay, well he's extremely intense. Uh, He's, you know, going to, complete this mission he's not going to listen to reason from any of these people that are trying to talk him out of it um but i find it i find that that to be the most interesting thing about it. his <laughs> character is just very and, and landon as well uh these two characters kind of you know butting heads or facing off against each other are just so well conceived so well written and then so well acted by the, the by the cast um what do you think about just cast characters oh, the cast in general? is wonderful um any thoughts? i mean it like, took me until about part three to get over him not being Mickey. Because it's, it's a very hard separation to make, especially if you watched seasons one and two of Doctor Who as repeatedly as I have. Uh, but it it uh-huh. is definitely a different character. And, and Noel does an amazing job. Him and uh, Vicky's character, Landon, are both 
very well acted. Mm -hmm. Uh, Landon herself, honestly, probably one of the best acting I've heard in these Big Finish articles so much. I haven't listened to a lot of them, bear in mind, but she did an excellent job. Um, Because it almost sort of sets itself up to be like a hero's journey plot throughout part one and part two. And then it quickly switches Mm -hmm. into a tragedy during part three. Um, And it definitely makes you question, like, okay, so is... Mendes and the Angel of Mercy, is she in the right? And is her path the the way that is going to lead to victory? Or is Kate actually right? And no, even if you're planning a revolution, you being dead right now is going to save us faster. You know, that sort of... I was going to say, I think there's a, a third option there, too, and that is nobody's right. And this kind of, like, bleak militaristic uh, outlook on the future is just, you know there aren't any right answers or there aren't any quote unquote good guys in this setting. Oh, right. Absolutely. I mean, I personally kind of leaned lean towards uh, Mendoza's points, but that was just personally, I thought mm-hmm. that uh, she was doing the right thing with trying to keep the hope alive and slowly secretly planning a revolution, which may or may not fail. We don't know. We didn't listen to part one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm imagining it goes somewhere, but it, it, there is there is a comment in the end of of the fearless uh, that there there is an uprising. It is it has been, you know, people are rebelling. Ever it's kind of like one of those. Oh, we have reports of rebellion and this and that. So it's it's starting right when this ends, um, and you imagine that that is that it's Susan Mendez and her cohorts, you know, the Angel of Mercy have have turned on the Daleks, have gotten organized, have started this rebellion. Um, I had one like quick uh, cast and character comment, and that is that I really enjoyed the character of Ollander, played by Esther Ruth. Oh, Elliott, see, I couldn't stand um, her. Who is just a serving girl? Yeah. Oh, really? Um, she, and yeah, she's kind of a bit of like an odd groveling type of, but I just thought it was a good performance and an interesting uh, character. And she, her, the kind of relationship they formed with. Uh, with her and uh, Susan Mendez just very quickly was um, amusing, and it gave it gave uh, Susan Mendez a I don't know a chance to kind of like define herself very quickly with a lot of economy in this in this script. Yeah, but... I'll agree to that. She she definitely was a good way of establishing exactly what Mendez was all about, but also exactly what Kate was all about too when they interacted, because that that's the point when mm-hmm. you really realize okay he's dead set on killing her no matter what anyone says because he basically shuts down Ollander over and over and over again even though Ollander is making completely justifiable points and even his friend does I think at a point too it's like I'm not following your orders because you're being unreasonable yeah yeah Fisk at one point does yeah denies his order at some um and yeah because he is he's being unreasonable um <laughs> the thing about that is you you think you're on fisk's side the whole time right and then it turns out that Cade was right yep <laughs> and susan mendez it wasn't susan mendez and it, it was all a dalek trap and so yeah this it, there's these really great curveballs at like many points in this script so i don't know really real good stuff in, in my opinion so um let me ask you i guess do you have any final thoughts about dalek empire what what do you think of this the fearless series as a whole would you recommend this to people um 
let's say recommend in two different ways somebody who is familiar with big finish and what they do and also somebody who isn't okay so for someone it's hard to say for someone who is familiar with big finish because i only just started my big finish escapades but it is one of the best series that i've listened to so far i i'd actually probably say it's the best series i've heard so far which is uh you know pretty pretty awesome considering it doesn't even have the doctor anchoring it um yeah. and for those that don't yeah. listen to big finish if you're fans of torchwood especially if you like children of earth i think it's almost a must listen because it's the exact same vibes uh, similar moral foundries mm. and i always think it's fascinating to get a kind of viewport of what's happening in the universe when the doctor can't get involved or chooses not to get involved. Right. Yeah. You think so much of the doctor just kind of jumps in and out at all these points in history. This is, you know, straight line of what's happening, you know, while he isn't mm-hmm. there. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So what was your impression overall? And, um, I guess let's let's go ahead and do a grade. We'll do out of um, I guess out of five spacers. Five spacers. What would you give? Um, <laughs> yeah. I I would give it a four out of five spacers. Uh, the pacing sometimes is a little off. I I feel like it could have been a little shorter and still convey everything they needed to convey. Like both me and Eric, we kind of forgot about part two. <laughs> I mean, it's a, yeah. it is important. There's important stuff that happens, but a lot of it is very semantical. Um, if that's even a word, you know, it's just it's just very it's, procedural. It's very by the books. It's not until part three and four where uh, stuff really starts rolling and we start getting to the to the meat of the hook. And you don't necessarily needed everything that was in part two to set it up. Um, but overall, uh, parts three and four definitely carry it. It is a fantastic. I, I would say a must listen. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to come in like pretty much right about the same as you. I would give this one, I think, three and a half out of five spacers, but I enjoyed it a whole lot. And I think the, um, the, the story is compelling. The script is pretty fantastic. The acting is incredibly fantastic. Mm-hmm. And if you are a fan of New Doctor Who and uh, want to see somebody, you know, just a talented actor give a totally different type of performance and be totally believable uh listen to noel clark in this because he's he's not mickey at all and, yeah he's better <laughs> and, uh, he's better at Styles Cade than he is as mickey and that's it's, it's, yeah. it's just facts <laughs> and, and marino O'Brien's awesome like if you could give people i don't know what you give what kind of awards you give people for you know audio drama but this is totally deserving of something she's great in it um my only complaint, again, I'm going to echo most of what you said, but my only complaint is that, yeah, there's some points in it that it, I don't know if it, it never, it's never boring. There is just some structural problems with right around part two, like you said. Part two seems like two separate parts jammed into one that don't exactly fit together perfectly. And that's why I think I can't remember whether something's in part two or part three or part one or part two, or because, because, because those two different parts are very much attached to their preceding part or subsequent part um so two just kind of is not its own thing at all which in us in a play or a, a series like this hurts it a little bit because these are sold as individual 
pieces. If this was all one show and just, you know, different episodes, I think I'd forgive it a little more. I think I'd be a little more peeved if I, you know, drop my... Oh, yeah. Could you imagine if they gave, like, part two away for for free and people just picked that up and play it? It wouldn't work. Yeah, and (laughs) that would be unfortunate because people would be like, oh, I don't think I want to hear the rest of that, and and they'd be missing out on such great stuff, and that's just the unfortunate piece that kind of is just a bridge between two other parts, but... Um, this story goes places you never would expect from the get-go. The first episode is, you know, really, really great, but you would never guess where it's going to end up at the end just by that first episode. So there's lots of good twists and turns and um, the character development of, of Cade and kind of the commentary about militarism, you know, a soldier's life, um, the things that go into... Um, shaping or training a soldier to be a certain kind of elite um there's certainly some things to be said that uh, you know a lot of good sci-fi you know that's always always has some has some commentary about our society you know and this right. certainly has quite a bit of that going on um so yeah i i think you know what i'm, I'm gonna do this because i can it's my show i'm gonna change it i think i'll go with a four out of five spacers too you talked me into it <laughs> i was wasn't gonna go quite that high but man i really liked it there's so much good stuff about it and to anyone who's tuning into this and has listened this long who isn't familiar with big finish i doubt that's really gonna happen but if you're not please give it a shot if you're already a fan of doctor who um they do so much good stuff and um and right now since we're yeah. all under quarantine they've actually been releasing things for free if you just go to their website, yeah. they've been releasing. I'm not sure if they're full stories or just part ones. I don't remember, but uh, it's it's a combination. So it's like full short stories. So it'll be like a full, you know, half an hour episode or 20 minute episode of something. But then, um, but yeah, there's some part ones they'll they'll throw out for free. Um, just so you guys know, if anybody is interested in checking out Dalek Empire Four: The Fearless, um, it I believe is on sale. By the time this goes out, I'm not sure. Go to bigfinish.com, check it out. It was on sale for digital download for I think $2.99 an episode, which at that price, definitely check this one out. It's certainly worth it. Very much so. Um, That's a good discount too. Yeah, this one. Yeah, yeah. This and um, yeah. I guess I, <laughs> I'm gushing about it a little more than I thought I would, but I, I really thought it was a good listen. So. Oh, absolutely. Uh, also, another tip too, if you want to get into Big Finish, they do have free episodes on Spotify as well. I just found out recently. Yeah, I believe the first 50 Doctor Whos are on there. I think a lot of the Dalek Empire stuff's actually on there, too. Not the Fearless, I don't believe, but um, 1, 2, and 3, maybe? But anyway, check it out. Yeah, Spotify's got a ton of big finished stuff, but definitely more than enough to, like, dip your toe in. So, mm-hmm. it's, um, yeah, so that's that's a pretty uh, positive review from the two of us for especially a Doctorless series uh, from Big Finish, but... Um, Cool. I want to say thank you again to David for joining me and letting me kind of blabble on about this, <laughs> the plot of these things for almost as long as the actual play went on. But <laughs> um, well, so uh, it was, it's... yeah, thanks for being here, and um, you're two for two. So we'll see if we can get you back here as soon as we can on the uh, Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. Absolutely. I'm also I'm always happy to gush about Doctor Who. It's been a pleasure. Our featured reference work this week is a review from Kyle at DoctorWhoReviews.net. Kyle gives Dalek Empire 4 3.5 out of 5 stars and says, 
Nicholas Briggs manages to tread the line carefully by including Susan Mendes at the height of her power without relying on that character or past events so much as to detract from the new story being told, keeping this set perfectly accessible for those who have followed Noel Clarke's star billing. There aren't the many moral complexities at play and the action-oriented tone and quick pacing are radically different from the previous installments of Dalek Empire, but this look at a different aspect of the unending war lead by a flawed man does not forget the darker and more character-driven moments in a future where the military is every bit as determined and like-minded as its aggressors. And before we wrap things up here on the Police Box and the Junkyard podcast, uh, we of course have our weekly trivia question. Emma, what have we come up with this week? This week's trivia question is, what percentage did the doctor gain on his second attempt at graduating from the academy? Good luck. And of course, if you know the answer to the trivia question, shoot us a message on our Facebook group, or uh, you can shoot us an email at videojunkyardpodcast at gmail.com. Just put police box in the subject line so we'll know it's he- coming here to us in the uh, police box in the junkyard section of the Video Junkyard Podcast family. And like we do every week, it's time to push the big red button on the machine we call the randomizer and find out which Doctor Who story we'll be reviewing next time. Geronimo. <laughs> And there we have it. In all in time and space, where did we end up this time? The next Doctor Who audio adventure we will be listening to is the 10th Doctor audiobook The Pirate Loop written by Simon Guerriere and read by Freeman Wagaman. Thanks again for listening. I hope you will consider joining us next time for our discussion about a Doctor Who television story, as well as our discussions about Doctor Who audio adventures, both audio books and audio plays. Also, we will be doing discussions of Doctor Who novels, nonfiction books, and other fun stuff. Until next time, I have been your host, Eric Branson, and this has been the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. Special thanks to all of our guests and contributors. The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast is a proud member of the Video Junkyard podcast family and can be found on most major podcast providers including SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Podcast Addict, and Spotify. Doctor Who theme composed by Ron Grainer, arranged as Doctor Who retro theme by Neon Frontier. All rights to Doctor Who and its related materials belong to the BBC. I'm Larry Van Mersbergen, host and producer of the Doctor Who Collectors Podcasts. Now that you're listening to a thorough discussion of random Doctor Who episodes, why not find them on the Target book range, or the hardcover, or anything else with Doctor Who? For all things Doctor Who collectibles, tune in to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and everywhere you find your Doctor Who podcasts. Also a proud member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. You're listening to Police Box in a Junkyard Podcast. You ask him, he may show it. He simply elevates a stone where you want, I would throw it. He's been to yesterday and somehow we all follow. I wonder where we are today or where we'll be. Hello fellow time travelers, I'm Tony Witt with the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, the podcast in which we undertake the insert adjective here task of discussing in story order 
all of the Doctor Who novelizations. I'm joined by... Dalton Hughes. And by... Alison Fitzsafry. And we record our episodes twice a month. You're listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. Enjoy your travels. <laughs> <laughs>